With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me partner's group. Me mate Dave, I reckon he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. On 11.16 SEM, The Odds Couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Hello everyone, welcome to The Odds Couple on this uh, dark and cloudy Saturday morning. Hope you've survived the storms, the big wet over the last... 48 hours, some extraordinary scenes right across uh, the state, also reaching up into New South Wales, and hope all uh, all is well in your part of the world. All is well in our part of the world. David Taggart uh, again with me this morning, as he uh, was last week. Returning to the saddle this week is Simon Marshall. After having a little little week off, needed a, a bit of a spell to recharge the batteries, and it's a, a very warm welcome to you both. Yeah, good morning, Scoob. How are we? Simon, welcome back. Yes, good morning, Australia. Great to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Missed you terribly last week, boys. How'd the show go? show went well. Uh, of course, on behalf of uh, Sportsbet, we bring uh, the odds couple to you every Saturday morning, and you can check out Sportsbet's racing specials this weekend at Flemington Rand. Conditions apply, and of course, gamble responsibly. What a gorgeous segue that was. Simon. There's no doubt about you. You're learning. And it's taken you six months, but <laughs> mate, it's good to see you, boys. When you have weather like this, because uh, it's quite humid, um, and with the athlete, the thoroughbred, um, in amongst the stables, folks, when they work at four o'clock of a morning, you like to get them uh, worked early so they can relax, have their breakfast, and uh, enjoy uh, until about two o'clock before they have their second exercise, a walk and a swim. But there's rugs on, there's rugs off, there's staff uh, just running around pulling their hair out, just trying to keep these uh, athletes from getting a chill on their back. And um, it really is a difficult time, and in particular for punters too. And um, the ex- um, I suppose the uh, after last night's results at Mooney Valley, not one favourite got Yep, not one favourite got up. And um, it was a blowout for punters last night, but they're looking to rally at Flemington today. I believe we're racing on a soft five at... Might get downgraded to a uh, a soft six if we continue to get this rain because there's thunderstorms and lightning around again. And the elements are really difficult. And as a jockey tags, um, riding in the humidity, I mean, we had a bit of a um, thunder thunderstorm and lightning attack. Um, oh, I can't remember how long ago it was now, but Andrew Mallion suffers of asthma. Yeah. And, and he had a shutdown with it. Yeah, it's uh, like any uh, animal, whether it's human, equine, Humidity is the worst uh, conditions to be competing in. Uh, just it just drains you. It's mm. don't know what it is. It's it just it, it's so, it's just so hard to work in those conditions. Extraordinary, um, what we've witnessed in the last couple of days, rain wise. You know the amount of rain that's gone across Melbourne is, and Victoria has been unprecedented in many ways. But last night we we raced on a soft six. Mm. Today at this stage we're racing on a soft five now. Ten years ago, we would not have raced either of these meetings if we had this rain leading in. So you know, we, we, um, we're we very 
because of inclement weather and the tracks couldn't handle the water. Correct. The drainage wasn't there in those days. But, but, you know, and we're, we're quick to shoot down your know, track bias and, and you know, curators. Oh, there's lanes and there's this and that. But I'll tell you what, for the job they've done in improving our tracks, at least the show goes on day after day, which in these conditions it wouldn't have been in the last 48 hours. Well, we're racing and that's the most important mm. thing. And you just got to go back to Cup Day where they got that two inches in... Uh, in what two hours, and we went downgraded from a good four to a heavy eight, and then I think we finished on a on a what soft six, wasn't it, or five? So, yeah. Flemington's an um, it's an incredible track uh, for drainage. So. Yeah, it is too, and um, but it is um, the land of opportunity in Victoria this time of the year because twilight racing kicks in, as we saw at Warnable yesterday, rolling into Mowie, which was late. Uh, sorry, Warnable the other day, Mowie that was late uh, yesterday, late start into uh, Morfittville, which was a late start that rolled into Mooney Valley Night Racing. We're going to see a whole lot more of that. Um, and this time of the year, we're going to see a whole lot more of uh, opportunity for the younger kids getting a go in town. Yeah, well, Lock- talking of young kids, uh, young Lockie King's coming on with us a bit later in the show as uh, one of our guests, Trent Busserton, also joining us. So he's stable, having a, a really good run at the moment. So looking forward to speaking to both of those. You, you touch on the youngsters and their opportunity um, and we're seeing plenty of apprentices in action last night at the Valley, today at, at Flemington, lots of race meetings on, so it, there's good opportunity for them. But let's go back a decade or two to, to when you two guys started. What, what was it like as an apprentice starting back in those days? A decade, that's been kind, isn't it? A decade or two, I said. <laughs> yeah, that's still been kind. <laughs> um, for me, it was growing up in a racing family and working around uh, my father, who was a uh, head trainer, and he was my master before my father. That He made that quite clear when I signed on, when I left school at 14, um, officially signed on as an apprentice at 15 years of age. And then it's six months of uh, horse husbandry, if you like, and probation, uh, I think you called it before, tags, where you've got to, um, under the rules of uh, racing Victoria, it was back then, that uh, you've got to learn your trait for six months before you could then officially ride in front of the stewards to gain your licence to ride. So that six months was uh, hardcore track work. It was uh, mucking out boxes at four o'clock in the morning before you loaded horse floats up to head out to uh, track work and race courses to exercise the horses. And uh, that horse husbandry, my old man was pretty hard and stringent on the fact that, okay, you can ride them, son, but what I want you to learn is uh, the animal, more about the animal. So you hang on to the horse's uh, lead and horse's head for uh, farriers and learn what a farrier does to a horse's foot, when, in particular when they're getting abscesses, cracked feet, all this sort of stuff, so you can learn about it. And when you're riding them, it might be a trigger that you can go to straight away. Or And working with vets, hanging on to horses while the vet's working on a horse and also working out with scopes. Um, and other areas in terms of tendons, fluid in knees, ankles and suspensories and so forth. So uh, it was a really good learning back then, but times are different now, Tags. Yeah, Who was, was your first master, David? I, I had the legendary Frank King. Uh, uh, I went for the quadrilla and, we, and I, I stuffed the last leg up, didn't he, with all these leading apprentices with Stan Aiken, Spike Short and, of course, Darren Gauchy. Uh, I had to keep running into D Oliver, but that's another story. <laughs> but um, I, I was fortunate enough that he only had one or two horses in work, so I, I got a free rein by riding tr- outside track work, which helps a lot because you're then uh, you, you're making connections with other trainers and other connections. Also, in that probation period that we talked about too, I was always going to the races too for outside trainers. Uh, my boss said, "Just go and learn," and 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 that and being around uh, races, the the 
at the races and seeing how jockeys handle themselves, that was a great learning curve for me. And the, the, the hardest part, Big Sim, was actually trying to tap into the thoroughbred and learn about it as quickly as you could because if, if for any second when you were riding them that you switched off, they'd have a lender you and you'd mm. get dropped, you'd fall off and they bolt with you. So the art was to tap in, make really good friends with that uh, thoroughbred and um, from the time you jumped on its back and made sure that you were with it, you were talking to it and making sure that it was concentrating on you as well as you were working because as a as a light kid around the 40, you know, five kilos when you started uh, to ride a big horse thoroughbred at 500 kilos on average, they could take control of you at any time and bolt and trainers... That was their biggest fear of putting young kids on is that, um, you know, hope this horse doesn't bolt because that can ruin a preparation if a horse bolts one morning mm. and goes flat out for three or four laps. It's very hard for them to recover and start that preparation again. Yeah, well, the pony used to bolt with me, so that's, that's how good I started. I was, I was hopeless. But I like how you said, oh, a lightweight kid at 45 kilos. I think uh, going to ask Sammy Holland or Paddy Payne, they were about 30 kilos when they first started. So they were like a, a pimple on a pumpkin. So I, I think they had a lot of uh, hassles with horses bolting with them too, especially early doors. So after six months, where were you at? What were, were, do you then come out as a, a fully-fledged apprentice? Where, where are you at after that six-month period? Well, depending on how uh, your tutorage came along and um, how you honed your skills. One was to tap into the thoroughbred and learn all about it as much as you could. Two was then to start working on your skills as a jockey for race day, and that is hands and heels, timing for each furlong pole, knowing what time you're going so that you can um, time your horse to run its last, uh, its last 600 to the best possible um, uh, the, of that horse's ability and also whips. Um, um, and we were taught when I was growing up that the whip was a reminder to the beast to concentrate and help straighten it up and also it learnt respect with you on top of it. So um, when to use that at best and when not to, uh, to, to keep that horse's confidence. So this day and age, they have mechanical horses where they sit on these um, uh, spring-loaded horses and they're also mechanical horses where they learn how to push a horse out hands and heel, swap the whip from the left hand to the right hand. Well, back in my day in the early 80s, my old man said, go and whack a saddle on that chaff bag mm. in the feed shed, tie the reins to the wall with a little bit of hay band, Listen to the races on radio, and I want you to sit over the neck on that chaff bag, and I want you to then think about the race, think about the timing of that race, listen to the call when they get to the last 600, I want you to start riding hands and heels, and then I want you to think about when you should use the the whip. And he said, and I want you to always start with the whip in your left hand because you're right-handed, and, get, and be accustomed to getting your balance right with that because you're going to need that left hand a number of times for when horses want to hang in bad and not concentrate with you on race day, and then they can lose a race by doing uh, wrong things and racing green like that. They can take control of you and then swap it over to the right hand. So it was basically five minutes uh, after the race was run and won uh, with the left hand, and then I'd go back to the right hand for a couple of minutes and learning those skills and intricacies before you actually started riding in trials before the stewards was the key. That's a good point you make with the left and right hand too. My boss was exactly the same. Uh, and that was something that you didn't see back then either. Not many jockeys did use this, uh, used to swap the whip from right to left, especially if they were getting in. But it has become an art form now in the last 10 years and kids are taught that. And, uh, it's, it's an asset. It's a, it's a tool that you need in your, in your bag. So it's, it's, it's very important. How long coming out of that six, how long after coming out of that six months did, 
you guys start race riding. Yep. So um, when you complete your six months, if you're okay to go and your master says you're fine, you've got to ride. And back then it was uh, six trials in front of the official stewards on official trial days. So you go out and you've got to ride for other trainers, not just your or master who uh, has his horses in work. And if the stewards uh, are happy that you're able to pass all of those six trials, it wouldn't just happen in one day, by the way. Mm. This would be spread out over a couple of months or, excuse me, a few months. Uh, then you would get your ticket. And then when you get that phone call to say you're right to ride in races on race day, that's probably the most exciting time for an apprentice jockey because at this stage you've been... Uh, slowly buying your gear. I mean, back in the uh, mid-80s, I signed on when I was 86, 1986. My wages were $170 a week. I had every second Sunday off and worked from dusk till dawn mm. with the horses. So you were saving up, buying a bit of gear, girths, a single here, uh, borrowing um, hand-me-down silks, if you like, from other jockeys and uh, saddles. And this all costs a lot of money. And so you were saving all of this gear for that day that you got that phone call to go and ride, and then when you when you could go and use it, it was uh, it was unbelievable. But it's 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 that phone call wanting um, asking you to go into the, the VRC buildings. That's what it was. It's once you pass it, your your five or six trials, it's then all right. You had to wait for the next committee meeting. So if you got the if you passed the trials and you just missed the, that committee meeting, you had to wait that next four weeks for uh, until they approve you to ride. And then once that you you were away, but how good was it to uh, walk into a jockey's room though on race day, <laughs> dressed to the nines? You were you had your best giddy up. On. You walk into the races, you got all these senior jockeys around you, and it was very daunting. I mean, you look it up, look up at your peers, the people that you've been studying and watching, and then they tell you where your little spot is in the jockey's room. You go and sit down there, you put your gear down, and you look around and go, what do I do now? Everyone's <laughs> looking at you going, we got a fresh one. <laughs> Have a look at him. And then, you, and then you do everything completely backwards and wrong by preparing your gear to go and weigh out. The trainer comes in, gives you your colours, has a chat to you and says, this is how I want you to ride the horse, and then you finally weigh out. Then you go back into the jockey's room and your nerves start building, the butterflies, you head to the toilet of few times, let me tell you. Then you check whether you've got your boots on, your silks, your helmet, your whip, your goggles before you go out there. Then you walk out and you stand in the mounting yard. How, how did you go before you were legged up in your first ride? Do you remember it? I was petrified, but uh, it was at Geelong. Uh, I, I did pull the stick on it, uh, but yeah, run, run a handy... Uh, I think 12 out of 12. So, <laughs> See, how did you go flying out of the gates the first time in silks and paint and leather boots? I was fine. It was when I rode in a little dock, uh, <laughs> a little eight-ounce saddle. Uh, that's when I got nearly thrown onto the other side, and, mm. and that was uh, – and I'd already been riding three or four months, but uh, to, to ride in them little saddles for the first time, that that was probably the most daunting uh, – Experience and that's a weight issue that makes you ride in those little. Yeah, well, it was at it was at Caulfield. Never forget it because it had uh, fifty kilos. I claimed three off it. Uh, it came in with forty seven. Mm. So uh, I was only riding around about forty eight, forty nine back then. So I was riding in bigger saddles. So well, where was I, your I, first ride, Simon? Mine was Yarra Glen, and I told you the story that I had to lose three quarters of a kilo to make the weight, um, which wasn't a great start. And I had to ride in one of those eight ounce saddles on the day. And what? stewards didn't make you do back in those days when you were um, passing to qualify with your six trials was ride in your race day gear. So uh, I had my silks and my patent leather boots on and everything and a really small saddle. I jumped out of the, the gates for the first time and I nearly fell off it backwards. Lucky I, <laughs> lucky I had a handful of mane because I slipped and slid and I was all over the shop, slaughtered it, slaughtered the second one, slaughtered the third one. 
and then thank God we got it right in the last race and we were able to ride a winner on the first day. Absolutely brilliant. I, I wish we had time to chat more about uh, how these uh, uh, careers blossom from the old days of... It wasn't called an indenture, it was just called... What, what did yeah, you call indentures, it? Yeah. yeah, Yeah, when you were indentured to a trainer and... And off we went. Well, the old good old days. Fantastic hearing about that this morning on the Odds Couple. We're going to take our first break. And, of course, uh, the Odds Couple is brought to you by Sportsbet. And you can check out Sportsbet's racing specials this weekend at Flemington and Randwick. Conditions apply and gamble responsibly. Trent Busserton, Lockie King coming up on the Odds Couple shortly. It's 18 minutes after eight. SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. 24 minutes after 8 o'clock here on The Odds Couple, thanks to Sportsbet. Trent Busserton is uh, going to be joining us in just a moment. He's got a busy day at Flemington today, four or five runners at Flemington today, and he he had what I thought was a very competitive spring. I'll be interested to hear what uh, Trent has to say about as he joins us now on The Odds Couple. Morning, Trent. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. Mate, were you happy with your spring? Oh, the horses all run well, but we couldn't pick one up over the carnival. I think, you know, we had about four or five placings in group races, so they sort of all, all run well, but uh, it's all about winning, and we couldn't get one over the line, but sort of they all had their chances. None of them were unlucky, so they presented in good order, so I suppose that's all you can ask for. Trent Busseton, your partner, Natty Young, have settled into Cranbourne Training Complex uh, very well. Um, but it was calculated for you to get up and running uh, after arriving from New Zealand, mate. Yeah, definitely. We, we were sort of in a position to come over here with a team of horses that were up sort of race ready. Usually when you move into a new place, you've got a bunch of yearlings or young horses and it takes you a while. But we were lucky, like you say, we're in a position with good owners and nice horses to sort of hit the ground running and things have been going nicely since then. Can you can you um, give us an example of what the conditions were like at home in New Zealand and uh, the thought behind uh, heading over to Victoria? Obviously, prize money was uh, one and key, but um, just tell us a little bit about your, your life in uh, New Zealand. I know you've travelled a fair bit, but uh, the, and the reason behind you came to uh, uh, Victoria and Cranbourne. Um, basically, it's no secret that the New Zealand racing scene's in a bit of disarray. The you know, the New Zealand racing people, jockeys and trainers, they're as good as anywhere in the world and, and they breed fantastic horses, but there's no money there and the government doesn't get behind it. And the, the government sort of, it's always the last cab off the rank and until they do something about it, it'll it'll just continue to deteriorate and they don't look like doing anything about it. So sort of, we had, um, we had 30 horses in New Zealand and had to decide whether to expand or, or move over here to Australia, and we're certainly glad we took the second option. Trent, what's the essence of uh, finding a um, middle-distance uh, three-year-old and uh, going on to win Derby, such as you've uh, been renowned for? Um, just basically sort of, yeah, identify those horses that can put a bit of pressure on early enough, but they've got a bit of stamina behind them, obviously. Like Again, it's no secret that Australian bred, they're the best two-year-olds and sprinter milers in the world. And um, So sort of when we go looking for those star horses, the New Zealand-type horses, they excel in, in those areas. So Tavistocks and Savabills, those sort of stallions, and obviously in the past the Bills, so takes a bit of guessing out of the work, getting those stallions behind you. And Trent, your, your training methods um, 
everybody feeds the same. Everybody's got the same training tracks to train on this day and age. You try and buy the right horse for your business model. But um, it comes down to percentages and tricks and trades. You've travelled the world many a times with good horses. What are some of the triggers that are really important to you and Natalie to get your horses right? Um, feed is probably the most important one. Um, you've got to feed them well. Having good staff behind you, farriers and farriers and track riders, um, surrounding yourself by good people, but just basically knowing your horse, when to, when to push and when to back off. And I think patience is the best, best of any of them, giving them plenty of time. Okay, fair enough too. Let's rip into some of your runners running at Flemington today. Spirit in the sky in the uh, in the first race here. He's unraced. He's a two-year-old. You've got Dwayne Dunn up on board. Yeah, he's obviously by the boom side, Temple of Boom. Um, Spirit of Boom, sorry. Mm. And uh, he's uh, he's had a couple of jump outs at Cranbourne and done nothing wrong. He's, he's won them both very nicely. He's a nice, natural little two-year-old, so we expect him to run well, but... Coming into the city against, you know, the big two-year-old stables like Hayes and McAvoy, it's always a different story, but he's pretty switched on, little horse, and he'll jump there and put himself right there, and I think he'll be hard to beat. Race one, number two at $5 with sports bet. That's spirit in the sky. Race two, you have Bezos, and this horse uh, won his last two. He's absolutely flying, $14 into 12 Yeah, he's, um, he's sort of improving all the time. Um, obviously a big jump up but the fields that he beat the last couple of races they probably weren't particularly strong fields and there's a few horses in the same category as him it's a nice nice field that um, the winner could probably come from anywhere again he's done nothing wrong and he's working well but so let's hope he can uh, take that step up into the city grade Okay, race 4, number 10, Weapon uh, he's first up and there's been some money for him what are your thoughts with him? Uh, he trolled up very well. He's just been off the scene for a little while with just little niggling bits and pieces there. But um, he's got a couple of jump outs behind him. He looked really good early on this horse. We thought he would be a you know a, a group horse. He obviously hasn't lived up to his expectations. But he's won a 64 at Sandown before as a spring three-year-old. Um, so he's sort of he's in his right grade, 64. Um, and he, he'll go well fresh. That's race four, the weapon, folks. And your best runner might come in the last. We might have to wait all day. A race nine, I am queen. Terrific powering to the line last start, number 13. Yeah, I think I think you hit it on the head. She's probably our best chance today. Um, she seems to she gets into the race good with the weight. Um, she showed a good turn of foot at Ballarat last start. Um, be interesting to see how the track plays out coming down the straight, barrier one. Might be a bit of a disadvantage, but certainly we'll, uh, Dwayne will figure that out. But, yeah, if I pick one, uh, she'd be a one for the day, I think. Well, we'll, we're happy to wait uh, until the last to get the best of the day. Trent, uh, we wish you well out at Flemington this afternoon. Cheers, mate. Good on you, Trent Busserton, joining us there. Trains out of Cranbourne. Four runners at Flemington today. Time for us uh, now to go to the news headlines here on The Odds Couple with Alex Riddell. SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Welcome back to The Odds Couple. Thanks to Sportsbet. And you can check out Sportsbet's racing specials this weekend at Flemington and Randwick. Conditions apply and gamble responsibly. There are some times in the media you just wish there was either a camera on or a microphone open. We've had 
the two vertically challenged troopers I work with here in the morning, Simon Master David Taggart, talking about climate change <laughs> in the ad break. Fair to give Wasn't that a David and Goliath conversation? You're not going to get those two minutes back. I can't. I can't get that time back. Apparently it's a thousand-year cycle that the world's been going through, said Dags. I don't know about the fossil fuels of a thousand years ago, but I reckon we've upped it. I don't know, Gustavo Nozzle or whatever his name was. It was a, he got the um, he got some weather award, or I think it's somewhere along the line. It'll be just be taken over between that and handstands. I tell you, we'll oh, leave our best no, stuff seriously. in the middle. What have we got next? Well, well I, I want to. Um, uh, introduced to you for the first time on The Odds Couple, brought to you by Sportsbet, of course, young Lockie King. He's having a wonderful time uh, in the pig skin. Uh, he's a young apprentice, very much on the way up, and we wait, welcome him to The Odds Couple uh, this uh, grey and, um, well, uh, wet tracky Saturday morning. G'day, Lock. G'day, guys. How are you? Good. Lockie, in your apprenticeship, have you ever heard of David Taggart or Simon Marshall? Did people, people talk about them in glowing terms? Oh, the old man is is very fond of them, so uh, but, uh, I won't I won't delve too deep into that. <laughs> yeah, well, your old man Stephen King is absolute champion jockey, and uh, Lockie, you're making waves yourself. Um, what about yourself growing up um, amongst the uh, horse flesh? Did you always have a pony in the backyard? No, I'd never sat on a horse till I was at sixteen. Um, I just sort of grew up going to school and playing sports and. Very isolated, probably, from the racing industry. Didn't know much about it, but uh, I think that was sort of Dad's plan. He just didn't want me getting into it too early. Um, and, yeah, slowly uh, I uh, sort of gathered a, a passion for it. I worked experience in year 10, and then um, I came to Dad and said, I want to give it a shot, and he was all for it. But uh, he never forced me into doing it. And, yeah, like I said, about 16, I started my first horse, and about 17, I started my apprenticeship, so... Lockie, what were your recollections of the thoroughbred horse, mate, when you when, when you got to meet and work with them? Um, people say you've got to love the animal to become a good jockey. Was it um, love at first sight for you? Um, well, the first time I sat in a horse was at Johnny Ma's, uh place. I sat in his, I sat in his pony, but I picked it up very quickly, um, which Dad was pretty surprised how quick I picked it up. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, it was sort of just... It was fun. I sort of always wanted to be an outdoor sort of uh, worker in my future goals and that so, so forth. So, um, but uh, yeah, then I went up to Gerald's for work experience and he had me riding horses, race horses within a week, and um, yeah, I loved it. It was great. That was Gerald Egan, an outstanding horseman. Yeah, lucky it's Tags here, mate. Uh, congratulations on your career so far. Uh, it, we were talking earlier in the program how, how Simon left school at 14, I left at, at 16. You're one of the rare jockeys that actually are a private school boy and completed your VCE. Uh, tell us through that. Tell us a bit about that before you actually got into uh, involved in the racing. Uh, yeah, like I said before, I sort of sat in the horse. I was just a normal kid going to school and Dad spent a lot of money and tried to send me to the best school and get the best education I could. Um, and Mum really pushed that too because... Obviously, Mum wanted me to finish uh, VCE and retain my ATAR score, which meant I, if if anything goes wrong, I could I could head to uni and uh, you know complete a, a study, um, and you know I, I could start another pathway. Yeah, great but, idea, um, something to fall back on, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So obviously, Dad made me aware of just how uh, 
careful you have to be sort of in the industry and one day, you know, you never know, the next day it can be your last. So um, but I was uh, I was happy in the school. It was very good with me. They worked in with me and allowed me to retain that score and they sort of gave me a bit of a, wor- a lighter workload that I was able to travel up to Mansfield on the weekends and punch a couple around for Gerald and then come back and, you know, complete year 12. And then um, by the end of year 12, I sort of walked out of the exam hall and uh, picked up the race bag and went to the races, so it was good. You beauty. It's good yeah. having another string to your bow, isn't it, Locke? Because <laughs> David Taggart in here, he's our, now our climate change specialist. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lockie, and a few of your mates obviously would uh, be following the thoroughbreds and uh, and uh, you're riding very well, mate, and going going super. Uh, do you get hit up on the phone saying, g'day, it's uh, old mate Shawnee or whatever from school, <laughs> remember the good old days, how you going today? <laughs> Yeah, no. Nah, every day they come, they come back. Uh, especially when you got nice rides like today, they're coming out of the woodworks. That's great. Well, you got a good uh, group of mates around you then. Hey, mate, we'll rip into some of your rides today because we're short on time. We'll get you back on and further chat about how you became to be uh, a jockey and a very good one too. Uh, let's talk about Muscolino Race Three. Uh, you're taking your three kilo allowance off this horse. He's third up. Looks a nice race. Yeah, I think he's he's ready to win this horse. Um, I went down and galloped him on Tuesday morning, uh, and he galloped really good. I was really impressed with the way he galloped. Um, it'll be good. I think the draws probably worked with him, in with him well. I think he is uh, a horse that probably would want to be just knock out of the fence early. Um, there'll be a little bit of pace from a couple of horses in the race, and I think his last run had plenty of merit. Uh, he was sort of held up and never had a real crack him in the Kilmore Cup, and I don't think the track played to his favour that day either. So. Um, Back to Flemington, nice big track. He's hard fit. Uh, he comes in really good with the weight. Um, and he gets three kilos above the minimum. And uh, I think he's at a certain winning, winning chance. Race three, number two, Muscolino, that was, at $3. Race four, Via Balciano, you ride. And she is a uh, $6 chance. Yeah, look, she ran okay at, at Ballarat. But, I should um, say he's a five-year-old gelding, sorry. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he ran a ride at Ballarat last start, Um Probably didn't appreciate just that track, and uh, ran a good race between a good, uh, ran a good race behind one of uh, Buston's, you know, on the Queens. And um, before that, his form, his form was really good, uh, racing benchmark seventies. So I don't see why he can't be, um, you know, competitive in, in this type of race. And uh, John Well comes in okay with the weight. Um, He's hard fit, and uh, I think Lloyd Cannonwell has his horses peaking. Okay, race five, Rock and Gold's your ride. Uh, he's, he's had good speaking, 20s into 14. And he's up to the 1,400 metres here at Flemington. Yeah, it's good. Um, I'm really grateful that Alan's are. I've really trusted him in a couple of good rides today. Um, his, his last start was really, really encouraging. Um, and I think, like you said, uh, He's can't, obviously, there's been a bit of support for him. I'm pretty confident he'll run a good race from various threes. And he had a beautiful card in, 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 in it. And um, he's got the uh, surrounding him. He's got all the favourites. So uh, mm. I think he's, um, he'll run a very cheeky race today. Race five, number four, Rock and Gold at $14 in from 20. Uh, race six, number five, number one, I should say, Five Kingdoms. He's shooting for three in a row. He's going extremely well. He's $6 chance. Yeah, we, we got away with one last last start at Mini Valley. He won, I think he won about 2.8 at Mini Valley and he hated every bit of it. So um, I'm really looking forward to bringing him to Flemington today and so is the Lindsay Park team and uh, he's drawn beautifully in two. Oh, the only horse I'm probably worried about is Darren Weir's outside me. It's got a really blistering sprint on it. Um, 
but I don't mind my horse. I think up in distance uh, to a bigger track, he comes in good with the weight too. I think he's um, a horse that's definitely progressive, and I like him. I think he's uh, one of my best chances today. All right, Lockie, and uh, I think um, that what, what would be your best ride? We're just running out of time, mate. So the best ride for the punters today, you'd be comf- comfortable on? I probably couldn't split Five Kingdom and uh, Masculino. Okay, terrific stuff. Speaking very well too, Lockie. Congratulations, mate. old man would be proud of him. And good luck today. <laughs> All the best, Lockie. Good Thank on you, Lockie, and uh, we look forward to getting your climate change opinion for David Taggart when you next come on, mate. Uh, have a great day at Flemington yeah. the Sarve. Thanks, guys. See ya. Good on you. Lockie King joining us there, a young bloke uh, on the way up. Good pedigree from a, a race riding point of view. Stephen, a champion jockey for uh, a lot of years. Uh, the association he had with Let's Elope and the Bart Cummings stable was, was a sensational one over his journey. Time now for the quaddy. Uh, David Taggart, uh, lukewarm over the last few weeks. Lukewarm. Or actually bordering on cold. And that's, that, oh, I don't want to keep harping on the climate change, but bordering on cold. We're, get, we're going to. We're going to get it right today, aren't we? Yeah, 100%. All right, let's start at race one. What, what's Sportsbet telling us at race uh, one, uh, the punters? What yeah, are we and, to? and at this time, gentlemen, we say? Pens, pencils and crayons and have your form guys be ready. Beautiful. Yeah, right. Here's Beautiful. the money for Sportsbet <laughs> today. And don't forget, between races one and four at Randwick and Flemington today, you place a fixed odds bet, you get up to $50 back in bonus bets with the mighty team at Sportsbet. Here we go, race one. This is where the money is, folks. Number four, yes, yes, yes. Three dollars ten into three dollars. Another six favourites things. Favourite things. Twenty three dollars into eleven. Four and six race one. Race two. Number one. Social spin. Seven dollars into four dollars forty. And also Piemont. Number nine. Twelve dollars into nine. One and nine. Race two. That was race three. Numbers two and four here, Muscalino. Good luck to Lockie King. We just heard from him. Three sixty into three dollars. Etymology five fifty into five dollars. Good support for two and four in race three. Race four. Number seventeen, Fallen Empire here has been the one that they've come for. Ten dollars into seven dollars fifty. And there's been some specking too for number three, Riata. Eleven dollars into nine fifty. So three and seventeen Nothing in for race weapon. four. Nothing for weapon. He's he's popular. He's just holding around his price. Race five. He's numbers not going to get one a kill today. And four. <laughs> Chamois Road. Eight dollars into five dollars and four rock and gold. Lockie King. Twenty dollars into sixteen. One and four. Race five. Here's the first leg of the quaddy, ladies and gentlemen. Race six. Numbers. Yeah, best segment ever. This one and nine. Five kingdoms. Six. Seven dollars into six. And declares war. Three seventy. Three dollars forty. One and nine, David Taggart in race six. Do you have those in your first leg of the quaddy? Yeah, Come on, Taggart. Just, just, just before we go to the quaddy, a little quirky fact about Lockie King. Before he rode his first winner, he had a fall. Not many jockeys get to, get to do that. So he, he had a tumble before he rode his first winner, but I digress. So the first leg of the quaddy. What did he say there? What? what? Where? As that we was had, quirky, we had, was it? A little quirky fact. Who has a fall before they ride Is their first winner? Is that why you nicknamed him Shock King? Shock King. Anyway. It's so, just climate change has gone to another level. <laughs> It's gone in my head. Anyway, race six, uh, first leg of the quaddy. Number two, uh, great great to see they've been trusted Jess Payne with the ride again. Uh, uh, one well, uh, turning the tables on Credence, who uh, was certainly beat last week when uh, Honest Dave Hayes uh, declared it on the odds couple. Uh, Should have won. Uh, declare war. He's going through his grades nicely. I don't know if he's a 3.30 chance. The form around him hasn't been great. Uh, he's defeated horses that haven't haven't 
going on. And uh, number 12 at any old odds, Bricktop. He's a three-year-old that's way overs at 20 to 1. Uh, former round Wee's group horses are Amphitrite and Ring-a-Ding-Ding. So I don't know what they would do to these fields. So it goes in. So the numbers here are 2, 4, 9 and 12. 2, 4, 9 and 12 in the first leg. Second leg, race 7. Yeah, 6 and 9 is where the money is, folks. Native Soldier, we know he's getting ready for the Magic Millions in January, but Jeezy Sprint's well fresh. $5.50 into four fifty. An Invincible Al... He sits back and he hits the wire. He's he's the bookie's pal, but geez, the punters love him. Seven fifty in to six dollars. Six and nine race seven. Omen bet today. Weapon into native soldier. There you go. Uh, yeah, uh, numbers two and nine. Thermal current, invincible owl. They have similar form, so they, they go in. Uh, the, the Whispering Brook, the ex-Perth mare, now in the, the weir camp, she flies fresh. She's won three from five. So uh, the numbers here are two, four, six, and nine. Two, four, six, and nine. Second leg. Third leg, race eight. Race eight. Uh, money is with uh, numbers three and 11. Goodwood Zodiac, $11 into nine. And number 11, California Grand Crew, $16 into $12. This is a very open race, Tags. Yeah, I think the bookies will collect there on Grand Crew. He's uh, stepping up in... in uh, class. Uh, number eight, Captain Rhett. He beat home Big Mike the other day. He ran, they ran second and third and... and and, of course, Big Mike come out and won the Packham Cup last week. So that, that form's been franked. Uh, number nine, Earth Angel, D-Day for her, uh, the, the mare out of Miss Finland, uh, impeccably bred there. She steps up to her right trip here. As you say, Goodwood Zodiac, he had no rest at all out in front the other day in Sydney. He got taken on. He still only got beaten less than two lengths, so he has to go in too. So the numbers here are 1, 3, 8, 9 and 10. 1, 3, 8, 9. And 10. Final leg, race 9. Race 9, the sports bet money. Horses are 2 and 13. Nantali, $23 into 13. And I am Queen. We spoke with Trent Bussardon. She's flying $5.50 into $4.80. Yeah, I am Queen. Uh, Trent Trent likes her. I like her too. She's uh, He's freshened her up. Uh, dropped her back to the spring trip. Beat Roxa Castle, Ballarat Cup Day. He came out and, and dominated a valley win last week. So the numbers here are 1, 2, 12 and 13. One, two, 12. no, one twelve, just one twelve, thirteen. Sorry. Oh, just sorry. Three, oh, yeah. Hang on. One twelve and thirteen. No two. No two. I'm throwing the two in now. Oh, you you did say two, way. didn't you? Did say two. I thought he said two. And we yeah. got the bell. We got the bell. <laughs> oh, didn't we? I did. Got the replay. Actually, we, yeah, we need to go to the replay on that just to figure that one out. But the the uh, legs, goodness, the quaddy today. How much is it going to cost? Two forty. That's only three horses in that last leg, one, 12, and 13. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back and make sure we've got those numbers right. There's a bit of a dispute in the last leg, but let's let's discuss it. Uh, it'll be a heated discussion during the break here. Climate. On the odds couple, thanks to Sportsbet. Check out their racing specials this weekend. The Flemington Rama conditions apply, and gamble responsibly. Back in a moment. SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Dropped it back to the spring trip. Beat Roxa Castle, Ballarat Cup Day. He came out and, and dominated a valley win last week. So the numbers here are 1, 2, 12 and 13. Good. That was yeah. a- Oh. One, two, Good. twelve, and yeah. thirteen. So is the two in or not in the last leg? Two's out. You've left it two out. Two is out. And two's it's out. one of the money horses yeah, with sports well. bet, Nantali. Yeah, it's well, in. So it's the last, le- well, the if last he's not leg is one, twelve, and thirteen. Correct. Now, if, that, if the two doesn't beat me, I reckon O'Donnell's best will beat me. I okay. It, it's cost me the quaddy like he always does. All right, the quaddy. First leg. Let's make sure these numbers are right. Two, four, nine, and twelve. 
Second leg, 2469. Third leg, 138910. Fourth leg, 1, 12 and 13. That's it, okay. And the two's the best bet of the day now. Well, isn't that extraordinary? I can't believe you left it out. But we wish you well. We wish you well. Happy punning out there. Okay, best around the country before we go. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get a bank for the quaddy. Sydney, race three, number six. She's about $5. Sweet scandal. Certainly beat last start. Stays in the same, very similar race. She will go very close. Jay Mack on. Okay, sweet scandal. Sweet scandal. Race three, number six. Sydney, round Simon. one. Simon? My best is an each-way chance, and he's in the villa as the main race up there at Randwick today, folks. Race seven, number 10, Sambro. He's a four-year-old. Trained by Chris Waller. He won the Queensland Guineas at 1,600 metres on a heavy eight. 12 weeks fresh, he should have beaten a horse called Best of Days. What did Best of Days do? He won the big mile at Flemington, correct it. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. He won that big mile at Flemington, that's right. Yes, I know. Then he was pipped in the Falante by Torgerson by uh, running second in October. He's had two trials. He's had a freshen up. He's got 55 kilos and he's drawn... Barrier 7. It's great to have you back in the saddle. can't stuff it up from there. Brilliant having you back in the saddle. Race nine, horse nine. Smart Coupe is the uh, special of the day. So I'm sorry, Tags, if that gets you, uh, belts you out of the quaddy and knocks you out, that's uh, too bad, so sad, I'm afraid. Hey, boys, it's been a great year, and um, the odds couple has been oh, you're, you're going on another holiday, sensational eh? and fantastic. We'll be here, Tags. I'm we'll going to miss you. Board. See you we'll next Saturday. I'm going to miss you. I'll see you yeah. next year, ladies and gentlemen. Just want to wish you all a very oh, Merry God. Christmas and a safe New Year. And I'm just going to keep talking until they shut me up. So thank you very much for your support, Australasia. We're going to see you next year. Many are winners. I'll see you in the winner's circle soon. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.